Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Sunday Night Live with Louise Tai. F104 is Sunday Night Live. Daniel Bloom is a multi-instrumentalist, vocalist and producer who has worked with Cheat Codes and TCTS. And we've asked him to tell us about the first gig he ever went to. So where did it all begin? Uh, mine was a bit interesting. I'm going to choose something a bit different. Uh, I had quite a pivotal moment when I was pretty young. So when I was like uh, from six months, my mom started taking me to like a mother-child music classes in a, a music school where kind of, you know, all the moms would sit on, uh, sit in a circle and the children would be on their laps and there'd be like shakers and tin whistles and mini drums and all that kind of thing. So we did that every week for like the first few years of my life. And then when I was, I'm going to say three or four, <laughs> there was like a concert hosted, like a, a concert hosted by the music school in like a big church in Dublin and one senior student from each instrument group performed in the concert so basically we had like a full-length concert of every instrument from the orchestra which was so cool as like a little little kid i was just sat there like gobsmacked i didn't know what i was like listening to it was all these different instruments and it was so inspiring and then at the end of it we were like all handed a piece of paper which was really cool because like you know, I often hear that lots of kids who started music, they started because like either their mom or dad was like, I mm-hmm. want you to learn the piano or something like that or the violin. But this was very much like I went to that concert, saw all of the people play and then I was handed a piece of paper, which was like each instrument written down and then a box next to it. And I was literally just told, tick the box if the one you like the most. Ooh. And I remember it wasn't even to do with the instrument. I remember there was just there was this boy who was playing the guitar and I remember just thinking like I thought he looked so cool up on the stage so I was like <laughs> I want to be like him so I was like I'm going to choose the guitar tick the box and then the rest was history that ended up defining the the next sort of 16 years of my life what a cool <laughs> way though to be introduced to music like getting to hear yeah, all those instruments cool. done professionally well yeah it was really sick because it meant like you know you literally just got to hear them back to back against each other and how they they were and it was purely off of like instinct which meant that when I started it I had that like 
actual like passion and want mm-hmm. to, to learn the instrument, which is really cool. And I like the way that they made you choose. So then you couldn't really be like, yeah, well, exactly. I'm being made do this, yeah. so I don't want to yeah. do it. <laughs> you, you chose this. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it back on you. <laughs> That's yeah, a very exactly. clever way to do it. <laughs> and obviously the gig did then affect what you did next because you were classically trained, weren't you, yourself? That literally defined the rest of my life until wow. I was 18. Uh, so I started playing classical guitar. It became very much more than a hobby pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, ended up going to a music school in, in England to study guitar till I was 18. And uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was what I was doing. <laughs> and then when did it all change? When I was about 15. I mean, like pretty pretty soon off the bat when I went to that school in England, I realized... I didn't want to play other people's music. Mm-hmm. I like, I felt very restricted just playing like the notes of like, you know, some guy who died 500 years ago yeah. or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I felt like I had a lot of music in my soul that I wanted to get out and I wasn't getting the like satisfaction that I craved from just performing other stuff. You know, I always would, would want to like, start you know i'd be playing it and then i'd start improvising or something and my teacher would be like no that's not the note mm-hmm. i was like oh but i want to play my own notes here <laughs> <laughs> so i started like pretty quickly composing or like writing my own sort of classical stuff for the guitar yeah and, and that quickly became what i was sort of known for doing in the school it was like very clear that like i was the composer and uh again you know i was doing that and doing that and loving that but after a point it sort of felt like I wasn't still getting the full satisfaction from it. And uh, when I was 15, I remember seeing uh, Martin Garrix just went number one mm. in the UK with the song Animals. And I remember finding it so cool that he had just made that song on a laptop, just himself in his parents' house, in his bedroom. And it had gone from there all the way to number one in the charts. And I was like, so fascinated because with classical music, I would spend like weeks or months writing a writing a piece or a song and like putting it all down on paper mm-hmm. and then I would have to rely on actual musicians to play it every time which meant that like I am a crazy perfectionist so when it's like up to that chance the musicians were sort of you know they they would play it not necessarily 100% how you had written it or imagined it mm-hmm. which I found like, quite frustrating as such a perfectionist and then the moment I started like experimenting with music production, I realized that whatever I produced in my laptop, once I clicked export, that would be exactly how every single person in the world would hear that song for the rest of existence. Do you know what I mean? It would never yeah. sound different. And I became so attracted to that feature that I could put hours and hours into something, perfecting it, refining it, and put it out and just be so proud of it. And it would stay and, uh, that way, yeah. It would stay that way forever and that just really kind of kind of swayed me in that direction. It is FM 104's Sunday Night Live and we're chatting to Daniel Bloom all about the first gig he ever went to. But the interesting thing is that I suppose probably for me with an untrained ear electronic music and classical music are, are similar when you hear them played live because they're being composed in front of you by a person yeah. just in different well, ways. Well, especially so the, the, the type of classical music I fell in love with was called... Uh, it was more modern. It was called minimalist music. And it was like sort of invented in the 60s by uh, uh, like two of the pioneers of it were called Steve Reich and Philip Glass. And they're still alive today. And they're sort of 
they've defined a lot of modern music. Like, so a lot of film music is sort of derived from what Philip Glass did. And a lot of electronic music is derived of what Steve Reich did. Because basically mm. the way the way that they composed music was like they would make essentially a loop, which is what you do when you're producing dance music. And then they would copy paste the loop and very slightly change the loop as the song goes on. And like almost to the point that the listener doesn't notice it's changing, but doesn't get bored simultaneously. There's like a fine line there. And that's like super similar to the technique that you use when you're producing dance music. Mm. You know, you have a loop and then gradually you add things on top of it, keep adding, adding, and then start subtracting and then add again, you know? So like all my teachers could like totally see how it ended up going down the, the path that I did. Yeah, it's it's amazing how I suppose music just overlaps eventually. It is. There is such a yeah. lap there for sure. But you have released yeah. a new single on the side. I have. First single of the EP, I'm told. Yes, it's been it's it's been a mad couple of years. I've been sort of on a big emotional journey personally mm-hmm. and and musically. I did I did a lot of like uh a lot of self-reflecting and like I guess with COVID you had so much time in your hands and like you know I was sitting in the studio obviously because everyone was inside which that meant I was just basically in my workspace the whole time and I was I wasn't really getting the like the satisfaction out of doing what I was doing anymore I felt like I was just like I don't know trying to use my talent to just write like a conventional hit sounding song mm-hmm. or, like you know trying to write a hit instead of just like being authentic and being truly me and just making stuff that I was super passionate about not really thinking about is this going to do x amount of streams or could this get in the charts mm-hmm. or something and just kind of enjoying and, it uh, again probably enjoying it again and like because I've obviously come from like you know music I've come from classical yeah. music and playing instruments it was like after a while it was starting to feel almost like a computer game I was spending so much time just like in my laptop that it almost didn't feel like music anymore so i basically went online and bought a load of analog synthesizers so like you know as a music producer you can basically have all of these synths and drums and stuff just in your laptop but like originally you know like when people were you know when michael jackson was making music or mm-hmm. when you know back in the day all of these things they weren't in a laptop they they had the proper synths all throughout the studio which like I think it just really inspires creativity if you're like bouncing around the room yeah. from like instrument to instrument. So I just It's almost like painting. I know it's a completely different yeah. art skill, but it's it's almost like painting where you add a bit of this colour and then maybe a bit of this and <laughs> Yeah, or like imagine the difference between like being say a graphic designer only working on a computer yeah. or being a, a painter like Van Gogh where you've got the actual paintbrush and the colors. Yeah. I wanted to go back to sort of having the paintbrush and the colors. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I bought all these things, filled my studio with it, and just had loads of fun experimenting with making things that were a bit like my songs originally had a lot more vocals. So I started like stripping it back a bit, having like still vocal, but then building it all up to like a, a melody line in a synthesizer. And that sort of kept experimenting with that and that sort of began to define the sound of what I'm going for and uh, one of the originals so it's kind of fitting that it's come first on the EP but like I'd say three and a half years ago now I've made on the side and at the time 
it didn't fit into the music I was making at all and I didn't really know what to do with the record mm. so it just sort of sat on my laptop and then I was going through this process of experimenting and developing this sound and then all of a sudden this record made so much sense because it just slotted in with all of the other music I was going for so we found it like a really nice idea to to put that out first but it's basically just like a just a little starter course of of what's to come I'm very excited I'm very excited have we any idea when the EP might be out I don't know if you can tell us the singles are coming out gradually okay sort of one by one cool uh the next one will be out in time for summer FM World 4 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 